0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hot route!
1: Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't... What is hot route?
0: Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bop halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Oh.
1: Booyah! That's
0: what we call a sack lunch. Mm. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Hit me the ball. Hit me the ball. Are you gonna get me the ball?
1: I I hope he doesn't kill somebody.
0: Because we know, when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing, between living and (laughs) dying. I
1: got a whole lot of money. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. Welcome into an eventful edition of 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush with Adam Luckett, where we gotta talk Governor's Cup, we gotta talk recruiting, we gotta talk coaching carousel, and there's a lot, there's a lot of, of meat on each one of those chicken wings. We got some really thick flats, some drums that are just bulging, waiting to be dipped in some sauce like it. And there's there's really no time to waste because we got so much to talk
0: about. We could fill a fine bomb four-hour window with the stuff <laughs> we have today. But these kind of podcasts are, this is, for our listeners, this is probably your favorite thing we do. So we got a lot of information. We got game, recruiting, carousel, all of it. We're all gonna. We're gonna cover it right now, here today. on um, Tuesday, November thirtieth. A lot has happened since seven thirty on Saturday night.
1: Yes, yes. It is currently noon twenty. Uh, hopefully, this isn't dated. We tried to wait um, till some some dominoes fell. Um, but the biggest domino that I think folks were worried about Sunday was the one in Lexington. Mark Stoops uh, sources tell Matt Jones that. Mitch Barnhart, Mark Stoops, they, they've got an agreement in place where facilities – And Jimmy re- Sexton.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> for facilities, all, all, everything's good. Mark Stoops is happy to stay at the University of Kentucky. There was a time where he had the second best odds. He was the second choice in Vegas to become LSU's next head coach uh, when Lincoln Riley departed for USC – Oh, gosh, I got to make sure we get these all right. There was a time they thought Lincoln <laughs> Valley was going to LSU. He ends up at USC, and people think, oh, man, Stoops is going to fall following follow Bob's foot sets, go to Oklahoma. Uh, last night you got the Notre Dame job opening up, but Stoops is staying in Kentucky. Adam Luckett, your
0: immediate thoughts. Number one, uh, I have my issues with Mitch Barnhart. There's some stuff he hasn't done well, but give him credit for getting it done. All right? It sounded like he's getting the facility. They're going to get an increase in recruiting budget, increase in support staff budget, increase in probably assistant coach salary pool, plus probably pay raise to Mark Stoops. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of parts right there. I w- maybe we it was, this should have happened faster, especially with the facility, but it's getting done. Yeah. So he did his job on their end. So good job, UK admin, led by Mitch Barnhart. Second, I think like it's, it's seeming like Stoops was a real candidate for LSU. Now, he wasn't at the top of the list, but as they got down, like that was probably a legitimate option for them.
1: Mm -hmm. And then they they swung for the fences. (laughs) Luckily,
0: Scott Woodward lived up to his reputation and hired a big name. He goes out and gets Brian Kelly. We can talk about all that, but someone Nick's got to go 4-8 and in that SEC West. And you look at that coaching Mm -hmm. roster, Saban, Poor Brian Harson. Sam Pittman's job just keeps getting tougher. Jimbo is recruiting like a freaking maniac right now, and then you've got Brian Kelly coming in there, who's one, who's like forty-four and six over the last five years or something ridiculous at Notre Dame. And then who else am I missing? Oh, Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach—they are there in Mississippi. Yeah, I mean it's just an insane amount of coaching talent. Right there, um so good luck there, but luckily, when the structure at right now, Kentucky really doesn't have to deal with that. You get leach every year and then uh, a rotating cast. So really, I think it was just good that 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 Kentucky got this done, handled it. it works out because now they're getting some big recruiting buzz They're able to tell mm-hmm. him that he's a candidate and it's looking like Oklahoma there's a lot of Brent Venable but ben- Venables buzz there. Um, so it's looking like they might might not even get down to Mark Snoop's, which we talked about privately. That just seemed like a weird fit for both of us. Kind of hard to see that.
1: Yeah, um, you brought up the fact that Mark hasn't really been on the. Him and Bob have never really crossed paths, and it would be kind of weird to latch on. Then I also thought that. Well, they had to fire,
0: and they had to fire. Mike, his brother.
1: Yeah, and then you, you add to that, like. Part of the one of the perks that Bob had is he could win the Big Twelve there. I mean, you just hop into the SEC West to be in a non traditional spot at Oklahoma. Like LSU would make sense. You you have the state of Louisiana all to yourself. Uh, you know the 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 culture fit there with where they had defensive minded coaches too. Like a lot of that made sense. Um, and would be a reason why you would jump at that job. Oklahoma just didn't, a lot of things just didn't add up. Um, so I'm glad that it got seemingly nipped in the bud rather quickly. Um, I, I, I love to, my brother in law, big Notre Dame fan, was like giving me hell. Like, oh, Stoop's going to go to LSU. Brian Kelly dipsets for Baton Rouge, uh, winning as head coach in Notre Dame history. Um uh, active most wins among all college football head coaches. And there's a lot of kind of triple trickle down effects from this. Um, and the big one, the big one is what happens with Marcus Freeman because we had a report yep. today, de- like the, the right assistance
0: before- is the big one. That's really gonna be the big moving and shaking. Um, is hiring assistants from different places, people moving and then having to replace staff, like. Brent Pry just left Penn State, defensive Mm -hmm. coordinator. He's going to be Virginia Tech's head coach. was reported earlier today on Tuesday the 30th. Like, Brad White would make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. for James Franklin to target. Or Tim Banks, who's Tennessee's defensive coordinator, did a solid first-year job. He'd been with Franklin for a while. Maybe he tries to bring him back to Penn State. You know, stuff like that, that's kind of the – the trickle down effect you're talking about, and yeah, Freeman's a huge one here. That's the one we probably need to monitor the most yeah. moving forward because it does not seem like Mark Stoops is a candidate at all for Notre Dame. No, like, um, it seems Freeman, Fickle, Campbell, Campbell, and then Pat Fitzgerald. I would say is a wild card. Throw so Jeff that,
1: Brom in there too. I'm, I'm lobbying for him. <laughs> I'm going to be the guy get get the good Catholic boy from Trinity. He's well, there's another job.
0: That, there's another job Jeff Brom might come open for. Ooh. Which one's that? The one right down the road from your house. No,
1: no, 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 no. We need to keep <laughs> – Scott Satterfield, he just lost his father for crying yeah. out loud. Like, and you're going to talk about it. We got to keep Scott Satterfield there as long as possible, okay?
0: But, yeah, thoughts and prayers to the Satterfield family. We'll get into all the little stuff. We'll get into that here later in the podcast. But, yeah, I think Freeman is one to watch um, because of a guy named Emil Wagner, for sure.
1: Mm, yep, yep. And Freeman – so – the report from the Notre Dame Athletic uh, Journal, whoever that is, said that uh, Pete Samson. Kel- Kelly wants to make him the highest paid defense coordinator in college football at LSU. There was a lot of talk about promoting him within. Samson previously had a report that the, the immediate thought among boosters would be just elevating him because they've got a good base there. And if you could keep a lot of the assistance, that would be the way to go. Um, but we saw Riley, he took a lot of his – uh, support staff with him to usc yeah. uh grinch uh the the he took the strength and conditioning coach receivers coach yeah yeah so he took a lot with him and freeman's a big piece because yes emil wagner but just in general uh when the athletic did its state of the recruiting thing where they anonymously talked to a bunch of coaches etc etc the ohio one you didn't get a whole lot of vince like there was some vince merrill stuff but it was mostly about Marcus Freeman and Luke Fickle, uh, especially Freeman. And that, that, that one has been kind of a, a thorn in U.K. side recruiting in that state. If you get him out of there, not only does it help you down the road, but it could bring Emil Wagner back to Kentucky.
0: Best case scenario here, Nick, is Notre Dame just moving on from Freeman and just hiring Campbell because they don't want to wait for Fickle. It gets Freeman out of Notre Dame, keeps Fickle away. Kentucky staff going head-to-head with whatever staff Matt Campbell has at Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be less of a challenge on the Mm -hmm. recruiting trail, specifically in Ohio. That would be, I think, that's what you would want.
1: Right. I'm I'm with you there, especially because he's a bum of a coach, too. Like, total bum. Who's been tied to every job, but they're just seemingly nothing's come out. You can tell Jimmy Sexton's not his agent.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And all of this – like, Billy Napier just – Florida hired Billy Napier, which would have been – which going into the coaching search, you could have said whoever hired him was going to be the top story of it all. And it's just – this no one's even talking about it. Oh, gosh. It happened on Sunday, and then two hours later, Lincoln you going to USC, and yeah. no one even cares. So, and so I'm very what, interested in him. I want to see the staff he builds because that's really the thing with Napier. He's got deep connections. Every you know, I really liked him at Louisiana. I thought he did a very good job. And so, that's something I'm going to be watching. But, like, no one – like – and then if Venables goes to Oklahoma, that's going to be a bigger higher than that. That's going to get more buzz. I mean, they're just totally getting lost in the sauce down there in Gainesville.
1: Well, one thing that was funny – two things that were funny from Monday is that a lot of the Venables stuff generated more buzz because it was a picture of his kid doing horns down with yeah. DJU. Which is just that that is the that's perfect coaching carousel fodder. It's mm-hmm. message boards, oh just glorious stuff. And then uh, the the other thing that was funny is I was uh, I was looking for Feinbaum does like a weekly hit on get up. So I'm trying to figure out where, you know, well, is he saying anything about stoops in Oklahoma or LSU? So I'm I'm trying to go through their one to man on get up, which is just a terrible show, by the way. The ESPN has just trained all of their media people to just scream whenever they talk. (laughs) It's just, this is how we do it. We are going to talk up and down like this and blah, 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 blah. And, and I love that Arlovsky was Mr. Hot Take. Like, um, this is the biggest coaching hire since Nick Saban went to Alabama and then fine mom's like, no, no, the biggest since Urban Meyer went to Ohio State. And then now it's like Brian Kelly winning his coach in Notre Dame ever. Just completely trumps your Lincoln Riley hot take. Yeah. Completely trumps it. And oh, yeah, we could get Urban Meyer in Notre Dame.
0: Woo. Let's make it happen. And, um, Let's make it what, happen. This is when the talking heads start getting into college football and talking about, you know, just you haven't been paying attention all year. And they just start <laughs> talking about, are just even though Ar- Arlovski does a really good job, even though he's mostly NFL.
1: Right. I can I ask you a quick question too. Sure. Where did I had never seen Heather Dennich ever until the college football playoff came out, and then now all of a sudden she's Miss College Football Playoff. Like, what did she do? What are her credentials to become Miss College Football Playoff? Is I'm she not like,
0: sure. She just has a good relationship with that committee, like Bill the Hancock, the admins or something. It? Yeah, with Bill Hancock. Oh. And so she gets to pretty much just get, she's the first, you know, she gets to go at everything and all that. And she's like, she's missed playoff pretty much. Yeah.
1: Which is kind of, I never heard of her before that. And now she's missed playoff. So good for her. Uh, But I digress. Let's get Urban Meyer in the Notre Dame talk. That's like, if you want to check every single coaching carousel box, we've got, we've had flight trackers. I mean, we've had almost seemingly everything except Urban Meyer. So let's throw that one in there.
0: Moving forward, I've kind of come to this realization going to SEC games this year. Like, it's going to take some real balls for an SEC AD to hire Snoops away because you got to pay big money. And these fan bases, Nick, they just don't – Yeah. They just they, – they, they look at Kentucky like just a third-tier, fourth-tier program, look down, snobby, look down on them, and then they just don't want Kentucky's coach – Maybe that'll change if this offense starts cooking. But I'm just telling you, I like, I like, I just like the LSU thing. I just like, it's not happening. They'll have a mutiny if he tries to hire. Like, they will go absolutely ape, you know what? Um, Midwest jobs are always the one, but Notre Dame, that's not going to happen. Like, Ohio State, if it opens, he's not getting the Ohio State job. They'll yeah. hire someone else. Yeah. You know, you, then you're looking at like potentially Michigan, Penn State you know, Iowa to me is the big one. Like this contract is huge. I think like if they give him this 10 year deal and he's making $9 million or whatever, or up towards that, I just don't like it just, it's I'm not saying it's a slam dunk. He's staying here till he retires, but that's a huge step in that direction to well, me because these last two years, I felt like were the years. If you get through this, you're pretty close. Iowa's yeah. the one big one because of the connection. But if you, if you, if you, pay, if you pay a certain amount where it's just they're not willing to go that high, you know, now we'll see what the, how everything shakes out and what. But it, it seems like it's going that direction. Like the, Kentucky's the, locking him up until retirement.
1: There, there's two things. One, this is – we've been talking about this for a while. Like, I think ever since, you know, first year doing this podcast during the offseason, it was like if you can get through this one by holding on to Stoops, It kind of feels like a breaking point. Either he's going to make one more big move or he's ready to be the best coach that ever coached at the University of Kentucky. He's only three wins away from surpassing Bear Bryant right now. And if Mitch locks him up, then you, you could see Barnhart getting another year or two or so. I know he signed some extension, but you could see him getting another year or two and then retiring. With Cal and Stoops still holding down the fourth, the new AD just has to deal with them for a couple of years or so. Um, And hell, they'll they'll probably Stoops will probably have a lot of input as to who becomes the AD at that point as well. Uh, So getting what he needs to stay here is important, especially for this cycle. And I think it is a great you're in a great spot as a Kentucky fan because. It's kind of like what Schwarman said before that Tennessee game last year. They don't respect you. They don't respect it Kentucky. It, it drives it them crazy.
0: I went down to South Carolina this year, and uh, it's just like – they just don't care at all. Like they, they they just ignore everything. Everything that's gone on in their program, they don't care. They think every year they should be Kentucky. When they write out the schedules in Columbia, South Carolina, Jimmy Gamecock is writing W by Kentucky every year. It, it – it just it it baffles me, but that's just kind of where it is, and I, that I think that's gonna be a good thing. That combined with how this has been a slow build, mm-hmm. you know, they hit some a quick, bumps in the road, had to yeah. adjust. You know, it's setting up to be a really great thing, and I just hope like lock them up, like keep this staff in here. We can talk about John Summerall, and Troy. I know you've dug into that a little bit, yes, yes. But if you get Summerall up to like Summerall's making six fifty right now. Last coach at Troy, I think, made $750 to 800
1: It, it was it was six fifty. I looked it up. They they made they made the same salary this year. They both each made up, 675.
0: You get him up to 825, he's gonna have to take a pretty good pay cut to take that job.
1: Yeah. And from my understanding, there hasn't been a there hasn't been contact or anything made. And I don't I don't get the sense that Summerall is looking for an out by any means. Like there's not some sort of urgency. He's got a good thing going to Kentucky. It's his alma mater. And even though Troy on paper makes a lot of sense, like for guys like Feldman and Thamel who do coaching search stuff for a living, it's like, Oh, former guy that was there, did everything. He's got ties there. Like this makes perfect sense for him to become a head coach. And even though it makes sense, the timing probably doesn't make sense. He's due for a new contract. The the deal runs up um, this summer. So he's going to be getting a new deal regardless. Which is uh, part of that,
0: I think, getting more money. Yeah. So you can, what's part of that? Right. Bigger, so you can pay, pay him more.
1: And, and mm-hmm. so you can be competitive with, and how much are they paying Cohen right now? Like 500? They'll probably up that up to 750, right?
0: Yeah. It's a little more than, it was like 600, I think. Um, let me look at that. No, it was like, it was 750. Was it this, was.
1: I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's a little bit more than I expected. I guess well, you got to pay him more than your
0: 750 2021, 775 2022. They yeah. just need to go ahead and bump that up. Let's make just it get, it. To me, just get the coordinators in a million. Every other, you know, like over half the coordinators, in the SEC are already there. Like get to the market rate. Yeah. Plus, this money coming in with the TV contracts, you know, when the CBS stuff ends and it's all ESPN, it's just going to be, they're making, you know, so much hand over fist. They're, I don't want to hear excuses about money. Just get the stuff done. Uh,
1: you know, If there is any problems with money, I think a couple $8 beers would help pay for that pretty quickly. Couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt one bit at all. Uh, So that's kind of the the latest on the crazy coaching search. Um, I'm trying to think of... The content has just been magnificent. It's just... It's been outstanding. Oh, man. The, The tweets, especially Brian Kelly, just... Nobody just comes off as more of a smug jerk than him. I mean he fit Notre Dame to a T LSU. That's gonna be a different culture shock. And I saw I saw one picture like, yes, I would like one poor boy, please. Yeah. Poor boy. <laughs> a poor boy sandwich. Oh man. but it
0: also might be just what they need after the last few years.
1: Yeah, true. True. Um, well,
0: I, I mean, I, I'm i selling this for a lot of people, but culture doesn't matter if you're winning. That's you know, true. Or like culture fit, excuse me. Culture in your program matters, but culture okay. fit.
1: No one cares. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends, over at Prospects. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing Daily Fantasy with our friends at Prospects. It's the simplest form of real money with Daily Fantasy Sports. Just you against the numbers. Pick your favorite players, pick over or under, parlay them together, bada boom, bada bang, money in your pocket. Use the promo code PERSONNEL and you can double your deposit. An instant 100% bonus, up to $100 on that first deposit. So just download the app or go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code personnel today. And today's the best play best time to play because on Taco Tuesday they're giving you player rates at a discount, a steep discount. So what are you waiting for? Go over on to prizepicks.com use the code person personnel and play prizepicks today. All right. Here's the question. We've a uh, uh, coaching carousel question for you. We got a lot of 10 year deals out there. Who lasts longest at their destination? Brian Kelly, Lincoln Riley, Napier. And we'll go ahead and we'll throw, we'll just say Venables goes to Oklahoma for craps and giggles.
0: Who lasts the longest?
1: Who lasts the longest? And the other, do any even make it? More than five years.
0: Lincoln Riley was at Oklahoma for five. I think that pattern repeats itself at USC. He goes five and then goes to the NFL. Okay. I think that's what he's going set,
1: for. Set, that sounds uh, – I can I can get on board with you there.
0: So, knowing life in the SEC, something tells me a job will be shorter um, than that. So, we've got – well, we got Billy Napier, Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. And who's the other one?
1: Uh, well, Venables, Oklahoma.
0: See, I like all these guys. I think all, all of these are good hires, but the math tells you if you pick a group, one yeah. of them is at least going to fail.
1: I have a feeling that Kelly is going to be like a four. He's going to have one team that's yeah, should, that's a safe that's gonna, pick. It's going to win a title. And then I could see that, and he just retires and is done with it yeah. because of the recruiting in the SEC. Yeah. You know, you bring Oklahoma yeah. Texas Like I say, over. With,
0: with all these, I don't like to grade coaching hires until I see the coordinators, especially with a guy like Venables. First time being a head coach, if he messes that up.
1: Yeah, and he, he doesn't get a good office. Deep in trouble. trouble. Yeah, yeah.
0: But – I would say Napier just because the Florida job. That is what it is. I mean, I remember I only lasted six seasons, you know. Mm-hmm. We yeah. act like Spurrier was there forever. He was there for 12 years.
1: Which is which forever. Is
0: a, <laughs> a, a, you know, which is a long time, but it's not like, you know, something crazy long. How many coaches has Scott Strickland hired? He hired Dan Mullen at Mississippi State and then hired Dan Mullen again
1: but it was, but he was just mulling. I don't
0: actually know if he even hired Dan Mullen at Mississippi State
1: But did he hire Michael Wayne at Florida? No,
0: Jeremy Foley hired him.
1: Okay, cuz I was going to say it feels like he's been through a lot of uh
0: Jeremy Foley wouldn't interview Dan Mullen cuz he thought he was a prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, might have been <laughs> because on to what of his time at um at at Florida before.
1: Oh yeah. So uh yeah, Foley
0: hired Muschamp and McIlwain.
1: Yeah. And Strickland fired McIlwain right away. Cause there there's there there is like a you should only have a finite amount of coaching hires as an athletic director. That that should just be uh if you do well, you probably move on to other places, but at one destination, like Four football coaches is a lot. My dad just means you're you're getting the wrong guys or you're doing so well that they're going different places, like the Arkansas State or whatever. Where they- Greg
0: Byrne hired Dan Mullen at Mississippi State and then left. And then gotcha. Strickland took over at Mississippi State in 2010. So he pretty much worked with Mullen his whole career at Mississippi State before going to Florida in 2016.
1: Gotcha. I, I also like to the quote that Strickland sat down with Napier and – he, he ended the search right there. He knew he had his man. So, if it, that's, that's a get in, fun – Get in and out, brother.
0: Don't mess around.
1: That's that's good for now, bad for later. Uh, but we do have to also – we tipped our cap to Mitch Barnhart. Got to tip your cap to Woodward because he was going to make a splash, and by God, he, he made a splash all right.
0: <laughs> his rep, no doubt.
1: Oh, man. That, that should was...
0: be I'm, – I'm excited for that press conference. That should be fascinating. <laughs>
1: I wonder if they got any guys like we we got in Lexington, like the dude who asked about like the concession stands at Kroger Field. Um, they yeah, got sure to they down do. at LSU. Yeah. I'm sure they do,
0: and all the national folks will be there. That that should be a scene.
1: Did we hit all of your coaching carousel bullet points,
0: it. Yeah, Rich Rod. Oh, good job. Yeah, Jacksonville State. So that's obviously they're going FBS in 2023. So he's got one season FCS, and then he'll be. In the big time.
1: Ooh, well, big one we missed too that would be a big deal any other time. Mike Bobo out at Auburn. Yeah, which, that's
0: another one. I was going to tie that into recruiting here later, but yeah, that. Which we can
1: go ahead and we can make yeah. that our segue. Why the yeah. heck not? Because I mean, that was a significant coup to be able to, for Brian Harson mm-hmm. to pull Mike Bobo from South Carolina. Made him a uh, lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money to get him off of Shane Beamer's staff. And Auburn's like, well, we got to fire somebody, so we're going to fire Bobo. I know that – which it's it seems surprising to me like it because, I mean, I guess Bigsby didn't have the year that you wanted, but Bo Nix played the best football he's ever played. Yeah, he did. And now our guys at Auburn Live on three uh, go follow Justin Hawkinson down there. He does great work. He was the one that broke the news. Uh, is talking about Bo Nix contemplating maybe entering the portal. So, like, I, I I'm shocked, but I'm not because it's Auburn. But at the same time, like that,
0: it's just, I think Harson's a good coach, but it, it's just not, it just seems like it's not working. The fit's weird. He's been weird about COVID. They didn't want him to begin with. The Washington just, jobs uh, open. Well, not anymore. They hired Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State. God, I didn't even know that that happened. Yeah, yeah. that that's nothing. Things have been moving. I like that so guy too. He's yeah he he's a good play caller. Bring Jake Hayner back to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> so with with Harson, it just seems like the writing's on the wall there, man. I, I mean, we'll see what he does. I don't know. I, like I said, I think he's a good coach, but that just it's just not working. Fish out of water kind of thing. Be a good year to have Auburn on your schedule next year. Fortunately, Kentucky's getting old Miss. Um, but who knows if Miami opens, that might be a different coach there in Oxford.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't gotten the Lane Kiffin buzz. Like, there's, his name's been out there, but it has, there hasn't been any legit buzz yeah. anymore. I
0: kind of dug in yesterday, and Football Scoop was the first one to really hammer on Brian Kelly. They're making a major push for him. And they made it sound like they if he didn't get Kelly – and they were going to probably make – if they didn't get Kelly, they are probably going to, like, make me make another swing for Jimbo again. If that didn't happen, they were probably just going to hire Lane Kiffin. That was probably their fallback plan. They didn't want to do it, but that was probably where they were going to land. And that Stoops was back there, but it probably wasn't going to happen. Um, that Stoops was, I guess, hap- like, happy with where he was at. and made it sound like maybe he wasn't pursuing it as hard. But, like, with Mark, I think – it probably matters, like he doesn't want to be like the seventh option higher. I feel like, yeah, no, definitely. Um, but we saw that at Florida State last in the last search, he backed out of it pretty quick. It seems like he wrapped this one up pretty. I mean, Saturday they had it wrapped up according to Matt's report, mm-hmm. um, on Tuesday.
1: So, so. I and, and to your point about Lane. Uh, that we just have to remember through all out all of this. It's fun to see him picking games on college game day. It's fun to see him on Twitter, but that scares a lot of boosters off. Um, a lot of big money, big money moving shakers. So as much fun as he is to mention in all these coaching searches, um, that's the 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 part where we have yeah. to remember where he he can really his options are limited. It's limited to renegade yeah. programs like Ole Miss, like Miami's, you know, mm-hmm. and like to and- the point that even LSU is
0: kind of like Ugh. I want to see Lane without Matt Corral personally. Like, what does this look like next year, offense? If he doesn't, if they don't really hit on quarterback, you know, the Man. defense did make some strides this year under Durkin, but mm-hmm. Jeff Levy being rumored as potential offensive coordinator for Venables at Oklahoma. That would be a big loss. So, I mean, we'll see. Um, hopefully, they do miss on quarterback because Kentucky's rolling into Oxford <laughs> for Saturday in October. Yeah. It's shocking. That 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 is 11 personnel road trip. Let's go ahead and lock it
1: in. Yeah, lock it up. Um, It's shocking that that was Ole Miss's first 10-win season. Couldn't believe that. Um, Couldn't believe that. But um, we mentioned Mike Bobo. We didn't mention that his termination comes with a nice little caveat. Uh, His son Drew Bobo, four-star offensive tackle recruit that Kentucky was in the mix for as well as, I think, Georgia and a couple other places. But ultimately, he decided to play for his dad.
0: Strong relationship with Eric Wolford, by yes. all accounts.
1: The the two worked together at South Carolina the previous season. Um, so, you know, it would make sense that he would want to yeah. play for his guy.
0: Mike um, Bubble is going to be an analyst at Georgia come Christmas. It's going to be college be booth buddies, booth must Champ playoff. Kirby, <laughs> just brawling around the streets of Athens. And if Georgia's got a scholarship, he's going there, I would assume. It's just what does what their class look like? I don't know what their numbers look like over mm-hmm. there. Right, if that right. doesn't happen. I think probably Kentucky's got as good a shot as anyone to probably mm-hmm. land them. That um, just that's going to be the thing there um, to watch. And if Kentucky if they really push for him, I mean, if you get Keontae, and you know, you could get a Wagner back on. There's a lot of moving parts here, but that's going to be a name we're parts. definitely going to monitor over the next couple weeks. there's another Auburn commitment, Nick. Mm-hmm. I think you've been digging on a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, Jacoby Albert. Uh, an Auburn wide receiver, 5'11". He was up at UK over the summer. He did not use his official visit then. He's already burned it to Auburn. I think Kentucky's going to try to get him up here for another official visit. He's one to to keep a close eye on. And and that...
0: I think Maryland, Michigan, Auburn. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if he took one in season. uh,
1: The big... You mentioned the moving part. So right now... Kentucky has how many commitments, 18 commitments. And there's just a lot of moving pieces here on what you want, what you need to prioritize down the stretch. Uh, Stoops spent his first day on the road recruiting, uh, going after a cornerback that was previously off our r- radar, Igbunison, um, up in New Jersey. He's a top ranked player in the state of New Jersey, a six, two oh. cornerback, mm-hmm. um, and I, I forgot his first name. Uh, Davison. Davison. There we go. Davison no. and Um, uh, And so it, it was a Brad White recruiting trip. Brad went with Stoops up there, and then they stopped to see Tyree Fearbury, the edge that's committed to UK, who Pittsburgh uh, Pitt, Pittsburgh, and Penn State are kind of pulling at. And then they also saw uh, Dion Walker, the defensive lineman up in Michigan. So there's three big fish right there, two of which are uncommitted. Um, you're, you're working on this Auburn kid to flip. I think they've got another kid they're working on uh, in the South. And then there's just – there's a lot of kind of lines out there right now. There's a lot of lines out in a lot of different pools. And you got to be careful on who you take. I don't know how they have these conversations with some of these kids. um, But, like, particularly at receiver, how how many did you get in the last class? Four or three, I guess, without Devontae Ross? Right, Right quick. I think it's just three.
0: One, um, Dakel, Chris Lewis, Chauncey Magwood.
1: Three. So you had three in the last class. You've got three committed right now. Four, excuse me. Um, and so, and you've also got Taj Harris, a fifth in the transfer portal that's committed. And now Jordan Watkins is in the transfer portal. And I've always been under the impression that UK. Had a transfer portal wide receiver in mind, and it wasn't Jordan Watkins. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of options out there.
0: Yeah. And so right now, Kentucky's got 12 receivers on the roster on scholarship. Josh Ali's gone. I would assume Isaiah Epps is gone. Wandell Robinson's gone. So that's that gets them down to nine. And then I guess Cleavon Thomas has a decision to make. Uh, um, he, it, he's and long, it, I think. Okay. Yeah. And then, well, that would get them down to seven because that's even counting Devontae Ross. Yeah, seven receivers. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and then take Hey Crims, I think is a potential portal candidate.
1: A candidate. I'm wondering about Brandon White because well, that's what I was
0: gonna I was gonna get to Nick. Like, there's some guys in this class. I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from. Like, if some of these big, if they're in position to get some big guys, whether in the portal or on the recruiting trail,
1: especially in White's case, like he didn't play his senior year because of, like, an opt-out or something. Like, that's kind of weird. Uh, Yeah. So, I don't know. There's some weird stuff there. I wouldn't be surprised if there was, like, a decommitment or something like that and late. I
0: mean, how much do they love Jordan Anthony?
1: Right. Um, And then you get to Jordan Watkins, where I think there is some – like, UK's got to figure out – do we want to do this? they got to figure out their numbers. Yeah. Um, Because – I think they've always liked Jordan. Uh, and he's, good numbers this year. Yeah, solid numbers in his second season and true sophomore. So he's got some experience. He's got some time. You know that he can play at a decent level. I don't think you're ever expecting him to be your wide receiver number one by any means, but he's a burner. A um, returner. It would be a nice dig, a real nice dig at Louisville to take away their best receiver. Which somebody said he did. He wasn't their leading guy in yards. I guess somebody had more catches. He was a leader in yards.
0: Marshawn Ford led him in receptions.
1: Got you, got you. Um,
0: Now Mike Rutherford wrote this morning that Louisville was making a big push, like in the marketing department, of him being kind of the face of the program. Local kid. He was on videos and all mm -hmm. that kind of you know all that stuff they do before the season. Yeah. And then Jody Dimling reported last night. Seem like on their board on the 247 board. That's kind of people are screenshotting it now on Twitter. That that no he was expecting no one, no uh, big name significance to transfer. And then yeah. Dave Blackford around the same time apparently reported that it's happening. And then of course, Watkins has got the aspirations tie. Keontae Goodwin tweeted out a pick. Save yourself, bro, with a picture <laughs> of him and Watkins. And so, and apparently, like he's buddies with like Carrington Valentine, yeah, yeah, and all the other guys that that, that worked out there. Isaiah Cummings, what you know,
1: Elijah Reed. Yeah, that's
0: definitely yeah. one to watch. Like to me, like you're not enamored with him, I would say, as a player, but it's probably worth. He's a solid player. Keep that aspirations pipeline running. Can't hurt with the good win recruitment.
1: Take a dig at U of L.
0: Take a shot at another jab at U of L. When you got them already in the fetal position. So, he, here's my 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 galaxy brain idea: like it.
1: they because they you know they've got a good enough relationship with him where Stoops is kind of texting him, talking smack after Louisville games. You know, we had that exchange from a year ago. There's there's of course. No water under the bridge or what like nobody cares that he was talking about the blocking thing. Hell one Dale was giving them hell at the time on that tweet thread as well about blocking at UK, and he's turned out fine at Kentucky. I think the 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 big thing that we've got to remember here is a lot of this is about timing. The NCAA passed a rule that allows seven transfer portal exemptions to your scholarship limit, but the timing it has to be when I think the to get that exemption, your guys have to leave after signing day. So we've already seen two guys hit the portal, and Jake Pope and Nick Scalzo. You can get up to seven guys, but I think they have to leave after December. Is it eighteenth this year? What whatever date that was the 15th. That is
0: fifteenth? Am I wrong on that? Yeah, uh, it's the, the first 15th. is the Wednesday. So yeah, signing day is the fifteenth.
1: Okay, so it'll be. I think the key is just saying, Jordan, it would be cool, but we got to wait until after signing day. And then come on, hop on board. And then that can be a fun uh, – because I want to say that they, they waited for Luke Fulton to do that as well yeah, last year. they did. They announced
0: it on signing day. They yeah,
1: did. so I have a feeling that it, it could be something like that where this new rule could allow you to to not feel so bad when you've got a bunch of receivers taken in. You know, uh, two or three transfers at that position um, instead of just one or two. So, uh, yeah. something certainly we've got to monitor walk look forward. Yeah. But uh, and there seems I, to be kind of a
0: secret name that they're trying to keep quiet. I know. I'm. I'm. I'm I. I don't know who it is that's going go to go at some point. He's so got to be pretty a, damn good.
1: If you know. So,
0: right. So we need a to monitor. We need to monitor that. And so, like I talked about, you fix your problems through recruiting. Um, this is one um, that, that, that the position of strength. I think is the receiver position is going to be moving forward. and you get into thinking about next year, like Will Levis and what they have coming back on offense potentially. You got got to find some fixes on the offensive line, obviously. But I mean, you're going to have weapons and a quarterback and a proven play caller. I mean, get excited! Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a season, like if you were ever going to do the whole 12 games, like if that's ever a thought process for you, this is one you might want to consider. You got a quarterback, got proven play callers on both sides, going to have a lot of returning pieces, some fun road trips. Going to be a big one to think
1: about. As as i to think about, and we could be taking a bull trip to Orlando where we could be enjoying some oranges. I saw Drew scattered some oranges on the Thanksgiving table, the KSR Thanksgiving table. And I was like, what is he doing? Like Kentucky's not going to the centrist bowl. Coach O goes and gets a big win. Texas A&M yeah. kind of opens the door. Arkansas ended up finishing third in the West.
0: Yeah. Playoff rankings to come out tonight. That's kind of important. Like if Kentucky's ahead of, of there's a lock. There's no way they could, I don't think pick them above, but if it's, you know, if, I just – I think for them, get ahead of Arkansas would be huge, or getting ahead of A&M would be huge because I think they'd be a better draw. Then it starts to get hairy. Mm -hmm. Um, Matt reported the other day, I think Iowa's the big one to watch. I think they're going to want the Iowa-Kentucky matchup. Yeah. And if Iowa loses to Michigan, they're going to the Citrus Bowl. Now, if they beat Michigan, they're going to go to the New Year's Six. Um, So, that's something to watch there.
1: Man, that – and also, like – We we
0: know how the bowl stuff goes, but – but Kentucky's got the best record conference record this year. So they should have um, some leverage down there in Birmingham. So wherever they want to go. I mean, I don't like, I think Outback and Citrus are about the same to me. I know Citrus pays a little bit more of money. Mm -hmm. Hour later kickoff on New Year's Day.
1: ABC, a a little bit bigger audience. You know, that's important. I would, um, I would also just like, I went to Universal last time. It'd be fun to go to Disney. haven't done that in a long time. So Citrus sounds good to me. Uh, I would also like to say that I'm all for uh, an Iowa matchup. Um, uh, just bring it it's off. a good
0: matchup for Kentucky. I, I was looking at some of the numbers last bad. night. Oh, my God. Iowa's offense is putrid.
1: It's so bad. It's bad yeah, they're going to score. It's, a it's all about turnovers. Touchdown. Turnovers
0: and special teams. That's where, if you play on the draw, touchdown. if you can play <laughs> on the draw there, you're going to beat them. But if you don't, that's how they win games. Um, which,
1: by the way, that game they won against Nebraska. That is the most Nebraska football It's the most
0: Nebraska Iowa game ever.
1: <laughs> God, I love oh man. Bet- betting against Nebraska never felt so good as in that game. Because even with the big lead, you're just like, oh, they'll find a way to mess this up. And sure enough, a safety and a blind point. I know.
0: I know. Oh, but you know what? It kicker wasn't. Kicker made much... four four field goals over 40 yards or something. I was kicker.
1: Oh man. It wasn't as much of a our Nebraska game, as it was a Kentucky Louisville game in the Governor's Cup, where that's what this series is now. It's just Louisville fans think they can win, and then Kentucky goes out and beats the hell out of them.
0: We said litmus test on the podcast. I was having conversations in the parking lot with some Kentucky people, and it was just like, you know, we just don't see how they could win this game. Like stuff would have a lot of stuff would have to break right for Louisville for for Louisville to beat Kentucky. And they didn't. I mean, it had kind of the same uh, same thing played out. Like, Louisville had really stopped the run well this year, Nick, all things considered. Haven't given up over 200 yards rushing in a month or two months. Um, no one had ran over a 206 against their defense. And Kentucky goes out and runs for nearly 400 yards. <laughs> they went out and made them quit. I mean, they they literally went out there and made Louisville quit. And that's just oh, – it's damning if your rival's making you do that. I mean, that's a scary place to be mm-hmm. in a rivalry in, in the,
1: some of the, you know, you mentioned the, the the rushing aspect of it, but like some of the sets that Wolval was in where it's just like, well, I, I mean, I'm not a, a football Frank over here, but I can see that I, Oh, there's nobody over there. Let's run the damn ball right there.
0: Like, yeah, I was a little pro- surprised by that because they've been pretty sound all season. I think Brown just didn't think Levis. He was just de- he just didn't think Levis would hurt him with the legs. And, oh, golly, well, he did.
1: They certainly didn't think that because that's they said it. So after the game, Scott was like, eh, "We didn't know he was that good." Uh, well, he's leading. He's leading Kentucky in rushing touchdowns now.
0: Yeah, and Louisville's <laughs> free safety Kendrick Duncan. Um, it's a nice looking player. 6'3, 225, Georgia Southern transfer. They roll him into the box. He's really important to them. You go back, he was bad in that game. I mean, he was missing tackle. He missed the tackle on Levis in the pocket for the sack. On both the draws, he took bad angles to the ball. On that big Chris Rodriguez run, that should have been an eight yard gain. He should have got him on the ground and said he takes a bad angle. So he would like to me, it seemed like they were keying on him to make a lot of plays for him. Mm -hmm. And he just didn't. And then Louisville's small defensive line just got bullied again by Kentucky's offensive line. And Kentucky had the better players, and that showed up on Saturday. And then they – the game ended, Nick, when Malik Cunningham pushed – or grabbed Vito Tisdale going out of bounds. And Louisville got chippy there, but from that point, You never, it was over. Like Louisville just kind of like melted in the moment, and like Malik Cunningham kind of lost his cool. Like if you go back and watch tape, he got really inaccurate the last couple drives. Maybe emotions had something to do with that.
1: Oh, he smacked Vito on that. Smacked
0: Vito the next, like two plays later. Yeah, and like the game was kind of over after that. He. Goes out for a play because his hands hurt on a position. Comes yeah. Back he, one play later.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you had the speed option, too, that Josh Pascal. It was – um I
0: making that plays like that all season.
1: Okay. So, do you remember the – this is a very old throwback. Do you remember the Kitty Cannon game, like the computer game? Did you ever play that?
0: Uh, no, off the top of my head.
1: It was like an E-bombs world type game where you just tried to launch – a cat as far as you could and it would hit like bombs and explode and go farther. And it was really dumb, really childish, great way to kill some time. Look it up. You'll, 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 you'll spend at least five minutes playing this dumb game. That's what it reminded me of because when Josh Pascal hit his ankle, Cunningham just like flipped and like, it was, I mean, he just went everywhere. We're like five yards back and that play really, uh, I mean, they, they got the stop before, but Oval, I mean, they only had four possessions in the first half. You had the score on the first drive is a good scripted play. Then you get – it wasn't – it was the the stop on fourth down, a three and out, and then Pascal forces the field goal there right before half. They missed the kick and a chance to make it a game in the middle eight. Instead, you do what you did in 2019 and you get a stop and you go run it right down
0: their throat. I mean, Kentucky won situational football, dominated on third and fourth down, dominated in scoring opportunities. For the game, Louisville had six scoring opportunities, only scored 21 points. Kentucky scored 45 on seven. Um, Kentucky really had 10 drives in the game. They scored touchdowns, or they scored on eight of them. It's pretty good. (laughs) Just like in that game, though, they broke serve. You know, you had to kind of keep up with Kentucky until you could kind of settle in and figure out Kentucky got the stops, the situational stops. And then on offense, they converted when they had chances to score. I think getting that field goal was huge. Mm-hmm. That 42-yard field goal. Because you got that stop. You're at 14-7, third possession. You don't bog down. You go and get points, extend the lead to double digits. You come out, get a three and out, and go down, and score again. I mean, the game's over. Mm-hmm. And so, like in a limited possession game like that, that if you execute like that, you can blow out. But that's a lot of reasons why at the same time. Stoops wins these one possession games and not instead of winning by 17, they win by you know eight because just, just the game, they the game is shrunk, it's shorter. Yeah, I mean, but in, in this scenario, Kentucky just executed and they were just really sharp on offense, and the defense made key stops when they had to. There's
1: also an element to like it where you take out the kind of X's and O's factor of it. And we we saw this all rivalry weekend. Rivalry games, they've, they've got a lot more emotion attached to them. And Kentucky harnesses that emotion and uses it to their advantage. You saw it on the Wildcats' second drive of the second half when Louisville almost just gave up tackling. Just seemingly, like you can just see it, you can feel it, you can sense it in their defense, where they've just kind of waved the white flag in these games. You got to be able to bounce back from craziness, from from big ups, from big downs, and it feels like Kentucky just has the has handed them some emotional baggage, (laughs) and I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. I, I I did not think that we've seen the rivalry swing back and forth, but I never thought I'd see a day where Kentucky just held the upper hand emotionally and really, for the lack of a better term, they've got love by the balls right now, and they aren't letting go.
0: Yeah. I'll just breaking this up right quick, uh, Maggie Davis, friend of the program. Yeah just tweeting out breaking mark stoops is staying at kentucky he's agreed in principle to contract extension pending signatures contract will run through june
1: 2028 boom so there boom. you go what was it previously it was just the automatic renewal i think it was through 27 yeah, so he gets another year it'll be i wouldn't um, be
0: surprised if that goes away nick that automatic renewal if they just give him big money 10 year yeah and then go from there yeah.
1: Yeah, I, um, I'm um, i curious what the buyout numbers are because they got rid of those in the last one. Um, So something to monitor there. Yeah, That's, so we need to see the
0: terms. But, yeah, it's looking good over here in Bluegrassland. But, yeah, back to the Louisville game, they just um, – there was a moment in the game where I wrote something on a notepad <laughs> and I just pointed it to you. I mean, that's all they get. the game every year is this—it's signing day. Because in the thing about rivalries games, you get the team's best shot, you know. Especially with how the schedules work out, or often than not. Both, like both teams had a had a glorified scrimmage the week before. Mm-hmm. So you get really both teams had two weeks to get ready for this game to get healthy, get their guys back, and get ready to rock. Like Louisville had some players out for the flu. They got look look, seemed like they got all those guys back. Like, Kentucky got Jordan right back. Marquand McCall was another week ahead. But it does – like, when you – but you're getting the best shot. So, when that happens, the team with the best players is just going to win. And Kentucky just – they just – they know they have Louisville's number and they just come after them. And Louisville just – they just – for the second year – or second game in a row, they weren't even close to ready for the fight. And that's – that's – like, what is Satterfield doing? How did he not have them ready? Now, I know his dad died, and I hate, hate that for him and his family, thoughts and prayers to them. But they just weren't – like, when adversity hit, they just folded like a cheap tent. And that that's a dangerous spot to be in a rivalry. I mean, and for Kentucky, it's great. I mean, like, I love watching games in the box. It's probably my one of my favorite things about this job. Get to hear the, the stats over the, bo- over the intercom, they live feed, you get food. It's, you know, to see the game from that angle is awesome. Mm -hmm. But that was a moment, if you're like a Kentucky supporter, like being there would have just been awesome.
1: No, throwing L's down, drinking the cold Bud Lights.
0: And I I heard you talk about uh, the L's down. But to me, Nick, that is the coolest thing we have ever, this fan base, this university has ever done. (laughs) I mean, just old white men out there throwing L's down. Will Levis just looking like uh like he's going through a wrestling promo, counting his touchdowns: not one, not two, not three, oh. four. Oh man! Just I just and then just kicking Louisville's ass like that. I know, like a lot of people probably listen to this podcast didn't grow up maybe eastern part of the state. I mean, you don't like Louisville's a big rivalry, but it's not crazy. But where we grew up, I mean, that's. Yeah. That's it. And I've had to hear about Louisville's football program. Like, it's, you know, like they've won the CUSA, <laughs> superior program.
1: You know what the thing that annoyed me the most, like, it, is that we've been hearing, like, the the tale as old as time since I was old enough to argue UK U L in third grade was, yeah, well, you all don't play anybody in Conference USA. And they go back to that stupid well before the game this year. It's like, it doesn't matter. You all stink. You're not good. No. You don't have the players. And I don't. I didn't know how any other way to convey. It. Like, look at your talent on your roster. You just don't have it. It was not there. The players aren't there. And you know what? We're going to tell you about it. We're going to kick your ass. And then we're going to shove these L's down all up in your face. And, then having Vito walking around with just them blaring all over the place. I mean, it was just, oh, man. It was so funny. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a ton of for fun. Any
0: more, like, for any Kentucky fan that grew up in this area, like, I, and especially a football fan, like, that is the, I mean, it's the sweetest. It doesn't get any sweeter than these last three years. <sighs> just, just Beating the hell out of Louisville. <laughs> and it's just oh, like – and man. now like – and even this year, like the whole stre- strength of schedule. The – talking about um, how Kentucky doesn't need – they need to play. You know, telling Kentucky how to sch- – like Louisville people telling Kentucky how to schedule. Like like Kentucky hasn't sit here for 40, 50 years and taking these beatings. Like telling telling Kentucky, all oh, you need to do it this way. Like through six years of ACC, and they want, and some people want to tell Kentucky how to operate. <laughs> no, we've been in this. Oh. We've been in this uh, this this bunker for fifty years. We know, like, we know what we're doing over here. Like, we're not out here. You know, we we know how to operate in a space. And Kentucky just sent the release out, Nick.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I I read it. Uh... They, they kept the automatic escalators in there. So okay. guaranteed extension. I thought that might go out. A seven win season and then a two year extension for a 10 win season. So it takes into account the current nine win campaign. The release does not uh, share the amended terms until yeah. they're signed. So we don't know about buyouts and money and all that sort of stuff. But um, sure, it'll be. Pretty, pretty,
0: pretty nice for old Mark. So good, anyway, good for Stoops.
1: Was, Glad this is got done.
0: Back to Louisville. That just made it so sweet. I mean, I just, I don't understand that. That gets on my nerves. The whole, uh, the whole like dumb telling, like they, they, they didn't beat anybody. Louisville played a tougher schedule. I just, that was just, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And like I said, man, no one cares that LSU and Florida went six and six. They do not care. No one cares. That's a logo win. Kentucky hasn't beat those teams forever. That's oh, all that matters, man. You look, you're gonna look up. Kentucky was nine and three, nine and four, ten and three at the end of the year. That's all, and you're gonna remember the wins. You're gonna remember the Florida win at home. You're gonna remember the LSU win at home, and you're gonna remember going to Louisville and beating the brakes off of them again for the third year in a row.
1: Oh man, love beating the brakes off of them. It's so much fun. Gosh.
0: And it just, like, we talked about it. It was the ultimate kind of tilt moment for both programs. You're either going backwards or make – you're either making a big jump back or a big jump forward, no matter who won and lost that game. Kentucky gets all this momentum, hit the recruiting trail. Hey, coach signs a contract extension. You're about to sign the best class of program history. Everything's going your way. You hit on a quarterback. That's going to be, like, a huge talking point in the summer. When we go to media days, Will Evans is going to be one of the most popular uh-huh. guys there. Yep. Now Louisville takes a step back. They can return everybody, but everybody's like, well, what for? We just went six and six. You know, we're not very good right now. And now you're, you know, fans are publicly wondering if they should just fire the coach now. It's just the total, like, that's what that game does at the end of the year when you have it. Like, that. oh, that's man. why I think it's best there. That's so where much all fun. rivalry it, games should be.
1: It does take away our summer of fun. Um, because we it was a lot of fun doing, you know, having that like three months of just smack talk. There's a little bit more uncertainty. I like this though that Louisville they can win just enough games in a very bad ACC that they 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 believe that they can be Kentucky. It's great. It's hilarious. And then uh what happens? Kentucky.
0: Just Satterfield's just gone. good enough to give them hope. I mean, that's what it's seeming like right now.
1: Yep. And that's t- what we love. Until watched. he
0: adjusts his roster construction strategy. Um, because I'm a fan of his play calling in in game, but it's still he adjusts like how he goes about building a roster and how he goes about attracting talent. You know, it's just, he's just gonna be good enough to give you hope. Like he's just he's gonna get you to six and six, seven and five. Um, maybe you could sneak up on a team um because of his because of their um, development and X and O acumen, but when you play a team that's going to be ready for you, like like when Kentucky's ready for you, it's going to be tough to win. Man, this is and fun. I don't want to hear about Clemson. I don't want to hear about the Clemson stuff because that was another thing. Oh, well, we play Clemson close. I don't understand how we can.
1: Well, they stink this year. You should have beat them.
0: I mean, like if you haven't been watching, well, one, Clemson's got like. A thousand injuries, most of their teams out. They can't run the football at all. They're one of the worst rushing offenses in the season. DJU lost his talents. Monstars came and took them when Georgia just
1: <laughs> giving Andrew, him
0: nightmares. That's uh, Jordan Davis got him, in <laughs> and then their defense has just had you know a rash of injuries. And like Kentucky, just they might be you know, I would Kentucky, I don't know if they'd be favored, but I think Kentucky would be Clemson on neutral field so. Take that for what it's worth. Man.
1: Who? This is exhilarating. An exhilarating day. An exhilarating time to be a Kentucky football fan. We're going to find out Sunday exactly where the Wildcats are going bowling. Um, It's going to be somewhere in Florida. We'll be there. Can't wait to get some rays of sunshine, whether it's on the beach in Tampa or in Florida. Back watch the mayor of Louisville
0: play one more football game in the 2021 season.
1: Man, Mayor of Levisville, they uh, <laughs> changed the name to Levisville. Uh, Bruh. his L's Down shirt that he wore to the Pennant yeah, Deep I show, they tweeted out, Oh, that is fantastic! Yeah, the, uh, the
0: Lamar hurdle though on them on Louisville. Oh, my goodness,
1: dude. His, um. I actually thought the juke was maybe even more entertaining than the hurdle. That's best move of the year. (laughs) That's one of the most
0: better, or not better players, but he hit, there was like a Nick, their Nickel Sam guy, and he just poor poor guy. Yeah. That was just insult to injury.
1: Well, things are going to be fun. They're going to be only getting crazier from here. Um, We'll be back next week to talk about bowl games and I'm sure some official visitors that happened uh, before we do a signing day preview the following week. and then as soon as signing day hits, I might need to take two or three days off. this It's been crazy. <laughs> it's been crazy. But Mark Stoops is here to say he ain't going nowhere. And we aren't either. We aren't either. We need a old. wrecking ball. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. Until then, go Cats and go Kroger.